The truth is that the skill, the skill of doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it outside of the insanity that can be clinical work outside of the hustle that can be clinical training and getting your PhD and like making your lab uh, PI happy until you can finally break through. The skill requires different tools to do what you say you're going to do when you say you are going to do it. And I just want to tell you something right now, if you're already thinking about this, who are you talking to when I'm like, oh, what you say you're going to do? I'm talking about what you say to others and what we say to ourselves. I'm talking about both things. So I'm gonna talk through these skills that I think build this ability to do what you say you're gonna do when you say you're gonna do it. We're gonna talk about three of them. Hello, hello. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. So the truth is I get messages all the time from people who are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is too good. I definitely want to do more. How can I work with you? Like, where is the front door? And so if that's you and you're a woman of color faculty in academic medicine or public health, just keep listening. The question is, are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work that you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3X your productivity, hone your passions into grant-funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you have been to every career development or professional development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face. If you are working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first. If you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working when you don't want to be on the projects you care most about, I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help women of color faculty in academic medicine and public health, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, our six-month comprehensive high-performance coaching program for high-achieving, women of color faculty in academic medicine and public health who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. 
and get that grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good. So you lead your career with clarity and confidence. We help you learn productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers. To maximize your chances of success without wasting your time, abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground, we help you build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. Yes, this future is possible for you, and it's waiting on you to take the first step. If you are ready for career success without sacrifice, without suffering, then I encourage you to join our waitlist at kemidole.com backslash grant. After you join the waitlist, you will be notified when the next Get That Grant cohort will be enrolling. Your application process will include an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you worked so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that the career you really want isn't really possible. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to level up your experience and your impact. Join the waitlist today to get in line. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to sign up. See you soon. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I am so glad that you all are here and listening. I am, I'm in a good place. I feel grounded today. I feel warm today. I've been sitting in my office with the heater on all day. <laughs> so other people would think this is disturbing, but I am very happy to be toasty. And I want to talk today about, it feels like the elephant in the room to me. That's how it feels to me. I don't know how it'll land with you all, but I want to talk about setting yourself apart. And what I want to, I'm going to offer to you is, I think this is like the superpower in academic medicine and public health. Like, if you do this, if you're like this, people will notice and you will be different. Like it will set you apart. And I want to talk about like what that thing is, at least how I conceptualize it. And also like what it's made of, like exactly what it looks like. So even though it, this might be sounding a little vague as I'm getting started, I have to tell you, this is not a meta episode. I feel like many of my episodes lately have been kind of like, I've been in my woo woo bag, you know? And I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Honestly, I feel like it means that I am paying attention as I'm growing and evolving myself and trying to think about a lot of things that kind of remain unspoken or that are even hard to conceptualize. I really enjoy bringing that content to the podcast. Recently, I talked about sacrifice and growth and how sacrifice has been, really been required along every step of my growth. And to me, that's like a very spiritual equation. I think that's just like a foundational truth of living. And I'm happy to bring that kind of content. Honestly, I think we're in a pretty spiritually bankrupt culture <laughs> for what that's worth. You can interpret that however you want, but like my God in heaven, it is very dark down here. However, today, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Today is going to be practical. Okay. Today, you know, I, I'm all about the being and the doing, and we've been talking a lot about the being in different ways. And I feel like today is a little bit more about the doing. And to me, it is the most important characteristic that sets yourself apart from the masses in terms of being a faculty member. This is something that immediately increases your standing amongst your colleagues. I think that it puts you in the best position for great collaborations. 
it absolutely increases your momentum and your chances of like high impact publications and meaningful work. For those of you on the promotion track, it absolutely accelerates your promotion, like without a doubt. And I just have to say for folks listening who are like, I I have checked, I don't want this. (laughs) For folks listening who are like, okay, whatever you're talking about, I don't want it because I'm tired already. I feel like I'm already that girl. I am succeeding. I am in a great position. You know, I already got promoted early. Like you might be thinking right now, either I already have this thing. I already got it or I don't want it. (laughs) Whatever it is, I don't want it because I'm tired and I don't want to do anything else. And I just want to let you know, if you just heard that intro and you had that reaction, like, okay, I already know this or whatever it is, I don't want it because I'm tired. I have more for you later. So you can chill and listen. You could try to fast forward to the end, but we're going to come right back around to where you are. However, let me just jump into it to not keep you on your toes any longer with what I want to say, which is the skill that will set you apart, that will put you immediately in the top 10, top 1% in academic medicine or public health as a faculty member along this journey. The skill is to do what you say you're going to do when you say you will do it. I'm going to say that again. To be somebody who does what you tell people you are going to do when you tell them you're going to do it. Did y'all get that? I'm going to do it one more time, y'all. Here is the skill that sets you apart. Here is the skill that separates you from the masses. You do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Easily top 10%, honestly, maybe even 1%. You know why? And I'm just going to say it out like this. You know why? Because we have a norm of BSing in academics. We have a norm of totally bullshitting, talk meaning nothing, no intention, nothing. It is like a part of the culture that people will just say stuff like, we should do X. I'll write that paper. (laughs) Let's collaborate. Sure, I'll turn in my review by X day. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just talk. So that's one part of the norm that we have in our communication styles is that we have accepted bullshitting as just like, just like a part of conversation. Like talk literally means nothing. You could have a whole conversation with somebody at conference. Ooh, we should do this. Let's do this. And like, literally, they don't mean any of that. They're not going to call you. They're not going to email you. It is just like, it's a filler. It's literally like conversation filler. Sure, I can help you out with that. Sure, I'll do that. So there's really no intention behind it. That's why I'm calling it bullshitting. I'm not trying to be rude, but I just, the reason why I associate it, that word is because There really isn't intention behind it. It's just about like being a part of a conversation. It's just about being in the mix. And so like words are just being thrown around, but nobody is really meaning what they're saying. Okay. So that's one of the ways that people do not do what they say they're going to do because they never had an intention of doing it anyway. They just making conversation. Oh yeah. I'd love to help you out with that grant. Crickets later. They were never helping you out, girl. Here's the other way it happens, though. I just want to say that, you know, that is definitely some of it. And I would argue that I would say most of you all who follow me, maybe some of you fall in that category, but I don't think most of you do, honestly. Like, and I've done this too. Like, you can get caught up in the hype. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're at a conference or something. 
or you see some grand round or something, you get caught up in the hype and you say stuff and like literally 25 seconds later, you're like, I have no intention of doing what I just said, right? So it happens, but I would say that I would say that when you're a woman of color faculty on this journey, like you're pretty used to not being able to bullshit your way through anything. And so it doesn't tend to be a tool that you're picking up that often, but we are around it a lot, right? I think the other way, actually, I think the more common way that people get caught up in this, like not doing what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it and what might apply to you and why this might not be a skill that you can be like, oh, that's me. I got it. Like, I got that bag. I'm good. Is that, well, you know, in our community, sometimes we say like you writing checks with your mouth that your body can't cash. Okay. You are writing checks with your words. I'm going to put it in academic parlance. (laughs) You're writing checks with your words that your level of organization, boundaries, and discipline can't cash. So this is distinct from the bullshitting because the bullshitting, there's no intention anyway. There was never any intention to follow through. In this version, when you write in checks that are going to bounce, you have the intention. Like you really mean it when you say, I'm going to finish the paper. You really mean it when you say, I'm going to do the analysis. Like you really mean it when you say, yes, I will contribute to the book chapter. You really mean it when you say, I'm going to submit this grant. And then the problem is not that you don't have the intention, but you don't have anything in the account to cash that check. You don't have the organization, the boundaries, and the discipline to actually see that through. Why do we do this though? Why does this happen? This is why I think this happens is because we actually can do this in other settings. And this is why I know my content applies to a lot of people, but I'm going to come back once again to my faculty in academic medicine and public health, because you have already used this tactic many times and it's worked. That's the issue. In clinical work, you will take on stuff and not know how you're going to do it, but you're just going to get it done. You just are. Like, you don't have to assess your organization boundaries or discipline. If somebody tells you to go around on the 12th floor and there are 47 postpartum patients to see, you're going to do it. Period. You're going to figure it out. You're going to get it done. When the only thing between you and graduating and finishing that PhD is something some advisor wants you to do, if it takes you four days straight of rewriting your code, you are going to do it. So we actually can do this in other settings. We can use words before we know how it's going to happen. We can use words and be like, I will do it and figure it out because we will. Like that's part of what we have to acknowledge that we have a really strong muscle to be able to do that. And so the moment that we're like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. We're using the same tool. Okay. I'm definitely applying this, this round for the grant. I'm definitely doing meanwhile, no tools to do so, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. Right. And so that is really about like, I'm just going to throw out a goal and I know that I will kill myself to get there. And so now I'm not worried that I'm going to make it happen because I know that I'll do whatever is required to make it happen, right? The problem is it's not a truthful way actually to use your word. I said it. It's not a truthful way to use your word because you are promising when you, when you say you're going to do something, you are promising but you don't actually have any kind of plan to put that in action. 
The truth is that the skill, the skill of doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it outside of the insanity that can be clinical work outside of the hustle that can be clinical training and getting your PhD and like making your lab uh, PI happy until you can finally break through. The skill requires different tools to do what you say you're going to do when you say you are going to do it. And I just want to tell you something right now, if you're already thinking about this, who are you talking to when I'm like, oh, what you say you're going to do? I'm talking about what you say to others and what we say to ourselves. I'm talking about both things because we have to acknowledge that right now our culture, like it shocks me repeatedly over and over how often, like, I don't know, I'll go to a meeting or some task force or something that's like, okay, so-and-so is going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. We show up to meet again. A minimum of 50% or more of people haven't done what they were supposed to do. Y'all know I'm not lying. This is the norm. It just doesn't happen. And it's like, what is happening? Why is this normalized? Okay. I want to say like, if you're at a place where like, you are not meeting this, you're not meeting this mark, which I don't think is actually that high. I say, I'm going to do something. I'll do it. If you're not meeting that mark when you're talking to others, to me, that's like emergency setting. That's like DEFCON 5. That's like, what's happening? This is not good. This is not a good way to build character. This is not a good way to build your reputation is the wrong word, but like how people feel about how you work. That's really bad. But I would say that on the other hand, a lot of us pretty consistently all the time say stuff to ourselves that we don't follow through with. And that most often looks like people who are successful in suffering. So I'm going to talk through these skills that I think build this ability to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. We're going to talk about three of them practically. Number one, organization. And this is what I mean by that, because all of these words can be interpreted in different ways. When I say organization, I mean to be accurate in what you're promising to do, okay? And so you have to be organized in order to know what you're actually promising to do. When you say things to others, when you say, oh, I will do that externally, when you promise something to somebody, a lot of times the reason why you can't follow through, what it looks like when you don't have enough organization to be accurate in what you're promising to do is that you don't actually know the status. <laughs> you don't know the status of what you're promising. Like you don't know the status of the work. So you're like, oh yeah, I'll do that. But you don't know any of the details. You don't know any of the particulars. You've already said yes, but you got no information. So you're not accurate in what you're promising to do. So you get into something and you're like, oh, F, this is not what I realized. This is not what I thought. And I'm like, yes, but here you have promised. When you're not organized, you're not going to ask the questions that you need to stay organized. When we don't follow through on what we say to ourselves, the reason why that happens is that disorganization, that lack of organization comes from The fact that we haven't taken time to know what the steps are required in all prior iterations. Let me explain what that means. So somebody's like, we want you to give a talk. And you're like, sounds good. (laughs) I'll do it, right? And we are not organized enough to know what that actually means for us. What does that mean in terms of how long you're going to take to prep your slides? What does that mean in terms of how much of that is already prepared versus not? What does that mean? 
you have to actually be organized enough to know, oh, this is what it means when I say yes to this task. And therefore, this is the amount of time and this is what I need to do it. So I think giving a talk is a perfect example because we will say yes and not get any of the details about what it is. So you can't actually be accurate to what your yes is because you don't even know what you said yes to when being asked to give a talk. Or we might get the details and say yes, but be totally inaccurate in our own preparation and what it's really going to take for us to do this work. Are we starting from zero? Are we starting from middle? How long does it take to adjust the slides, et cetera? But the bottom line is your work itself, I hope this makes sense, y'all, the work itself is not organized. You don't know the details, you don't understand, but you yet you have promised, yet you have said, I will do it in this time. And without that organization, you cannot be accurate in what you promised to do and you become somebody who doesn't do what you said you're gonna do. Number two, boundaries. You must have boundaries if you are going to have the skill of doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. How do I define boundaries? You actually have heard me say this before. Boundaries to me means to have integrity to your prior decisions and to incorporate both short and long-term needs. Boundaries means you have integrity to your prior decisions and you know how to incorporate both your short and your long-term needs. So when you lie to other people, I'm just gonna say it that way, I'm sorry, y'all. I've been building up to that. Hopefully you knew that was coming. So when you lie to other people and tell them, oh yes, I will do this thing, when you write in checks that you cannot cash, when you're lying to other people like, oh yes, I'll definitely get it done. I'll definitely finish it by this day. Yes, I can stay on timeline, whatever, whatever, whatever. When I say that you lack boundaries in the sense that you're not having integrity to your prior decisions is that you're not respecting prior agreements that you have to do other work. You've already promised A person, B person, C person, D person, all this other stuff. And here you are in front of E person also saying yes. Here you are with the new email also saying yes. What that means, you don't have boundaries because the person in front of you wins. Instead of respecting these are the other things, these are the other commitments I've made, it's like whoever's in front of you wins. You do not have integrity to your prior decisions. I want you all to think about boundaries that way. Oh, I'm saying no because I have integrity to my prior decisions. When we lie to ourselves, when we say we're gonna do something to ourselves that we don't do it, when the role that boundary plays in creating that, and okay, I'm definitely gonna work on the discussion section today, and then you don't do it. (laughs) The role that boundary plays there is one I think that we're all more familiar with, which I wanna offer to you, is we don't know how to manage, we can't manage the temporary discomfort that comes in disappointing people so we can focus on our work. So because it's actually easier, it's easier to let the boundary go and be interrupted than to manage the temporary discomfort of putting everything else on hold, of not being available to focus on the prior decision you made to get something done. When we don't do that, when we don't have that boundary, we will not do what we say we're gonna do when we say we're gonna do it. The other thing that shows up when we lie to ourselves in this arena is I think it really comes from a gaps in self-trust and self-esteem. Really, I really think that's really where it is because that's where it shows up that you're not even being, and if you're honest with yourself, you're not even being interrupted by somebody else. 
It's not even that somebody is coming to get you. You're the one who opened the inbox. You're the one who went into your email when you were supposed to be working on the specific aims page. Why does that happen? You know what? I think that what underlies that often is this gap in self-trust and self-esteem and recognizing that the long game is worth it. The time I'm spending right now is worth the long game because the work that I do and the way that I do it is valuable enough for me to bet the long game on myself and spend this time working on this stuff for me, for the progress I'm trying to make in this work, in this research. That's worth it over this temporary, let me check an email and make somebody else happy. So what we will do when we have those feelings of insecurity or these gaps in self-trust and self-esteem, and you're supposed to be working on stuff that really matters to you, that you said, I'm gonna do this, we will distract ourselves. We'll sabotage ourselves. We'll do it. We'll be sitting there like, what are you doing on Instagram? What are you doing there? Why are you in your inbox? Why are you choosing to respond to this when you know you need to be focused? That distraction is actually easier. It's easier to be distracted than to sit in that discomfort, than to sit in that worry, in that nervousness that what I'm doing is not good enough. What does that manifest in? It manifests in poor boundaries. So examples, to me, when people schedule meetings during their work thinking time, they're like, oh no, I set aside this time. I set aside this time to do this work or do this work or work on this analysis or whatever, whatever. But then this person came through and this is the only time they could meet. And so I had to put the meeting there. I had to say yes. Or worse off, somebody just put a meeting on my schedule. And I'm sitting there like, where are the boundaries? Where is your integrity to your prior decisions? Another way this shows up, another example is when your prioritization of your work is driven by external deadlines only. It's like what you're working on today is a 100% dependent on what's due tomorrow. What you're working on tomorrow is 100% dependent on what's due next Monday. Like there is no internal prioritization to create calm and organization and sanity in your work life. There is no such thing as short and long-term work or goals. It's like everything is short-term, everything is a fire. That is a complete lack of boundaries. That is not having integrity to your prior decisions. That is not being able to incorporate both short and long-term needs into how you structure your days. When you don't do that, you will be somebody who does not do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. Number three aspect, discipline. Okay, I feel like discipline can sound harsh, but I really don't mean it in a harsh way. When I'm talking about discipline, I'm really thinking about the discipline in the terms of like the alignment, like the discipline in terms of the clarity and the purity of your actions is how I'm thinking about discipline. In that, your actions and your decisions align with your chosen focus. So you say, this is the work I want to do. You say, this is the area I want to grow in. You say, this is the kind of career I'm trying to create. And discipline means that your actions and your decisions align with that focus, with that choice. And just to be clear, it doesn't mean to be narrow. It really doesn't. Because for a lot of you, because you naturally are interested in the intersection of things, you're almost always like, oh, I'm between two worlds. I'm kind of like this kind of person, but my twist is that I do it this way. Like you naturally are in the intersection of different ideas and fields. Many of you multiple. 
this discipline doesn't necessarily mean that you're super narrow in terms of what kinds of questions you ask. It does mean that your actions and your decisions are consistent with the goals that you have set for your research and for your career. So like me, I can tell you, like, I'm very clear. I'm out here trying to have more black women who are diagnosed with endometrial cancer live and thrive. There are many different ways to do that goal work. So this does not manifest in my career as being super narrow or restricted in that way. It does manifest as discipline so that my actions and my decisions align with that goal. So when we are in a situation where we have told somebody else, said something to others, (laughs) and said we're going to do something that we don't want to do, and it's from a place of lacking discipline, that happens because we're still in a place where we are like collecting other people's interests and working off other people's excitement as if like that is the goal. So I'm going to say that again. When we're in a place where we're like, why did I say I was going to do that? When we've said something, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it in this time, and then you're not doing it. I want you to consider that sometimes that can come from a lack of discipline and focus on what you're trying to do. You're caught up in the moment of trying to work off somebody else's interest, somebody else's excitement. That might be really cool and exciting, but it's not yours. But you're caught up in this, well, this is where the money is. Well, this is what they're interested in. Well, this is where I have to go. And I just want to tell you, it's it's emulating toxic patterns. I'm just saying it. It is because that is not sustainable. And what you're deciding when you move that way, you are deciding that the locus of control over your career, your future, and the kind of work you do is external. That's what you're saying. You're saying, y'all decide. You tell me. Y'all decide what I should do, what I should focus on, and then I'll go with that. What is that? That's a lack of discipline. You gotta be able to take in the energy of other people's excitement. You gotta be able to notice the way the trade winds go and all of that. And you gotta let all that happen around you and be able to stay focused on the kind of career, doing the kind of work that you wanna create. That is discipline. When you have that, you will stop telling people that you're gonna do things that you're not gonna do because they don't align with your work anyway. Okay, how does this show up about when we lie to ourselves, when we tell ourselves we're gonna do something that we're not gonna do? I think this goes back to gaps in self-trust and maybe even in self-regard, right? If we know what we wanna do, if we're aligned with our chosen focus, but we're still not doing what we tell ourselves we wanna do, we gotta come back to this question, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? What is the goal of my energy here in this career? What is the goal of my time? What am I trying to accomplish with this work, with these ideas? And what's happening? What's my answer to that question right now? Is the answer to that question clear? Or is it just a jumble of what everybody else wants from me? It's very hard to have discipline to your chosen focus and the kind of career you're trying to create for yourself and the work you're trying to do and thus have discipline with actually getting that work done, if your answer to what am I doing here is to satisfy a whole bunch of other people who mostly have conflicting opinions. You want to move and set yourself apart. You move with a different level of organization of your own work and your energy. You move with a different level of boundaries. You move with a different flavor of discipline. When you do that, 
It means that you're somebody who will do what you say you're gonna do when you say you're gonna do it. And you will stand out. People will be like, oh, you actually did it. That's what's weird is people will be shocked. They'll be like, oh, you did the edits. Oh, here's your page. You're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna contribute whatever to the thing. Here it is. Here's my contribution. Oh, (laughs) you kicked off the study. Oh, that like, you will constantly be met with this kind of like muted surprise because we're so used to people not doing what they say they're gonna do. You will start to set yourself apart. And I just wanna tell you something right now. Of course shit happens. With those of you who are listening who are like, but you know, stuff happens. Like sometimes things are late, blah, blah, blah. Of course it happens. That happens to me, of course. Yes, every once in a while we're like, it just completely fell through every process. <laughs> every reminder. And I'm like, oh, I didn't do that at all. Like I literally totally forgot about that. And usually it's because there was something that happened in the process. Like, oh, that did not show up on the calendar. And thus it was missed. Of course, things happen like that. We're not supposed to be perfect. Number two, shit happens in your life. You lose childcare. Like the world tries to end. Like many things happen. So this is not about being a robot that never is late. But that can't be perpetually. (laughs) It can't be every day. There's a reason why it's not happening. It can't be every week. It's not happening. It can't be the norm that we set internal deadlines for ourselves that we never meet. It can't be the norm that we just talk and say, we're gonna do X, we're gonna do Y, we're gonna do this, this is great. And the norm is that 80% of that never happens. It can't be all the time. We can't lie to ourselves to that degree. If you're just convinced that it's always this or always that or always this, I just need to tell you, you can move with that reality. You can decide this is not under my control. This is just how it is. Everybody has too much to do. I'll know about this, Kemi. Ultimately, you know, like we just try our best. We see what happens. You can do that. You can move that way. All you're telling me though, and all you're telling yourself over and over again is that I have chosen a career that I have no control over that I have gotten this far, gotten these degrees, gotten these skills, proposed these ideas, doing all this multidisciplinary work, but ultimately I have no control over any of this, no control over where I go, no control over how I spend my time or energy. We'll just see what happens and let the cars fall. So you can have that. I don't want that. And I think a lot of you listening don't want that. So for the others at the beginning who were like, Whatever this is, Kemi, I'm very successful. I already do what I say I'm gonna do when I say I'm gonna do it. I don't want any of this. I want you to notice something now. I hope you can see this now. That if you're doing what you say you're gonna do when you say you're gonna do it without healthy organization boundaries and discipline, then you are probably doing the success and suffering dance. You're probably doing that. This is what's required. This is why you were so tired. This is why when I started, you were like, no, I don't want anything else (laughs) because you're exhausted. So I want to offer to you that you get to do that. You get to be that person. You get to have that characteristic of reliability, of authenticity, of if she says she's going to do something, she's going to do it. You get to have that without the suffering, without the, oh, I did it because I pulled the all-nighter, without the, I did it at the detriment to my mental health, my physical health, everything like that. When you are organized, when your boundaries are solid, when your discipline is set, it actually improves your ability to downshift. It improves your ability to be like, you know what? I have been living at 100% life and I'm gonna be at 80%. In 2024, we're just doing less. Y'all have already heard me talk about this. You know how you do less effectively? You know what the hell you're doing. You're organized. (laughs) 
You have boundaries, you have discipline. That's how you effectively cut back. People tell me, oh, I need to cut back, but their version of cutting back is like, I'm just gonna not do a bunch of stuff I said I was gonna do that I made commitments to. And then in, in two months, I'm gonna have be overwhelmed again because I actually don't have a system around this. So focusing on these skills improves your ability to downshift. Number two, you create actual balance in your schedule. When your work is very organized, when people come to you and they're like, would you like more work? The first thing that comes to your mind is literally like, where does this fit in how and when I do work? Not, oh my God, do I have to do it? Oh my God, they really want me to do it. Oh my God, it's so prestigious. Oh my God. Like literally the first thing, like by default, you sit there and see all of the, like you see your calendar, you see like where you work, you see like the deadlines, what's going on. And automatically you're like, yeah, that's definitely a no. Because I already, I mean, I already know about my planning and all that. And like, this doesn't fit anywhere. Or you get an opportunity and you're like, this is a hell yes, because of whatever reasons, it's aligned, it's perfect, it's great, you've been waiting for this, whatever, whatever. And you know immediately what it replaces. It's like immediately, like, okay, we're going to downshift here, we're going to move this here. It's like, there's no existential crisis. Having these skills allows you actually that control to modulate both up and down. That's what's beautiful about it. It also allows you to set the terms of your hard work because y'all are going to work hard regardless. That's the issue. And this is why I love y'all so much because I know you're going to work hard regardless. And it's why I'm so passionate about the fact that I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to have to work hard and suffer consistently too. I want you to be people who you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it because you are particular and clear and intentional about what you say you're going to do. And you can be that way because you're organized with your work, because you have boundaries and you have integrity to your prior decisions, because you have discipline about what you choose to do. So it's focused on the career you're trying to go to. So your experience of your work is one of momentum. Let me tell you something. The reason why our program's called Get That Grant because we're unapologetically about researchers, PhD researchers, MD researchers, people with clinical time, people without clinical time, but ultimately everybody in GTG is about that research bag. But people sometimes ask, like, is it just like the grants? Like, is it just like grant writing or is there other stuff? And I always, it always cracks me up because I'm like, here's the thing. Grant writing and grant getting is all the other stuff. <laughs> it is all the other stuff because we live in a reality. You can go to a great course that teaches you how to do all this stuff. If you don't know how to make that happen on your schedule, have boundaries so your time isn't interrupted, be organized so that you can actually put together these like hundred page, multiple documents, multiple moving parts. If you don't know how to make decisions, oh my God, if you do not have the discipline to make decisions, then it's very hard to get to the finish line with a product that you like because you don't know how to make consistent decisions for the goals that you have. And all grants are, are a series of a thousand decisions. That's why they're hard. You have to keep making decisions that have consequences. How do you do that right now? The thing that makes me so passionate about what we do and get that grant, the thing that makes me so passionate about creating people who do what they say they're gonna do when they say they're gonna do it, right? And it makes me so passionate about the researchers. Like literally the reason why it even though we teach so much stuff, it's so rich in all these other arenas. Talk about power dynamics, girl, 
high stakes conversations. Like there is so much in there. But the reason why it's called Get That Grant and always will be, I'm pretty sure, the reason why I'm focused on researchers is because if you can research, if you have creativity, if you got those ideas, if you've got that hard work spirit, if you're interested in the scientific method, if that's your bag, if you get so excited, if you like to read the papers, if you do all of that stuff, you are sitting on gold. You are sitting on gold because there is so much agency that you can create in your career when you can organize yourself to be reliable and to work the way that you want to work. You will create the space, the calm, the freedom to do what you want to do. And I just am obsessed with helping people like you do that. So regardless of who you are, if you want to set yourself apart in academic medicine or public health, can I please just tell you, can class repeat after me, be somebody who does what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. I promise you, you will stand out. People will literally be begging to work with you. They will be so excited about having you on a team and you will make insane progress in your career because what's required to be a person that can do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it is every single thing you need to create the career you want. So if that's your goal, you're going to be fine. Come get these skills. All right, y'all. That's all I wanted to share with you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you have a good week and weekend. I hope you share this with somebody who needs it. I hope that you got inspiration and motivation from this. I hope you heard some things where you're like, well, no, I'm pretty good at that. And other things where you're like, oh no, we could shore this up. But most of all, I hope that you agree with me that we can transform this academic culture and we can shift these norms so that we can all be more trustworthy to each other and to ourselves. I love you and I mean it. Hey there. To be honest, this is uncomfortable for me, but here's the thing. I am getting used to leaning into discomfort. So here is my request for you. I am unapologetically asking you for something. If you listen to this podcast episode and it resonated for you and it was helpful for you, can you double check and see if you follow our podcast on your platform? Make sure that you follow us or subscribe so that you never miss an episode and you don't have to worry about hearing <laughs> hearing from somebody else that an episode was good because it will just automatically download to your device. Here's another thing that would be amazing. If you haven't yet, I would really appreciate if you go on your podcast platform to rate our podcast and to post a review if you love it. It does actually make a difference to people being able to find this podcast who similarly would appreciate the content. And basically, I would appreciate it a lot. So thanks for listening. I do this because I want us all to be in community with an elevated level of conversation. And I hope that you follow us, you like our episodes, and you consider leaving a rating and review if you haven't yet. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye.